0: Hello, and welcome to the BNY Gaming Podcast. I am your host, Owen Shannon. Joining me is the DM, Peter Gorski. How are you?
1: Happy to be here.
0: And I assume two floors above him, the other guy, Mark Gorski. How are you?
2: Uh, There's a direct this week, Owen, tomorrow morning as of recording this, so I'm pretty pumped.
0: Okay, yes, I wanted to talk about this, because this is going to be a rare instance where it'll be kind of timely, because we're recording on Monday it's going to either release like tonight or tomorrow morning it might be more convenient for people to see it. But Partner Direct. What does that mean?
2: Third parties. It's all third party stuff. So something like Bayonetta could show up here, but... No, it can't. Like... It's published
1: by Nintendo. It's not going to be there. Knock it off. But,
2: but was SMT5 published by Nintendo?
1: No, it was not.
2: Okay. well Because really then it surprising. wouldn't
1: be able to be on other platforms. Like it's been leaked that it's going to be.
2: Okay, well, I'm still going to hope, even though people say that's impossible, because anything can change.
1: I have no expectations for this Direct. I don't plan to watch it live, and I will just see whatever Twitter says later on in the day.
0: So, I think it's probably smart to not have expectations for this one. I believe there are more rumors going around of another one soon. Is that true? That was not for that I'm
2: aware the, of it was rumored for the 29th but it would be weird for them to have a partner direct uh a day before.
1: Yeah, no. There's no there's not gonna be any other big directs. It's we're not probably gonna have a real Nintendo Direct again until September. If you're gonna get any other directs soon, it'll be game specific ones probably for like Split Two and Three or Pokemon Gen 9.
0: I gotta be honest, I think you're wrong.
1: Oh, I mean I I, I can wrong comfortably way. say in this case, Owen, that respectfully, you're not that much of you're not as much of a Nintendo guy. I knew you I. were gonna go here. So uh <laughs> yeah, uh sit down and know your place.
0: Nope, nope. I think you're wrong. I think likely the expectation would now be July, and I I nope. think they need to have a first party one. They have too much stuff coming out to not have a first party one.
1: I promise you they will in September. You're not getting a specific one for the rest of the summer.
0: I don't buy it. I don't well, buy I, it. I mean, I mean they, they've just done what is technically two smaller directs right in a row. Who's to say that they don't just want to get these out of the way and then have a bigger one next month?
1: Because it's just not how they do things. It's never how they've done things before, Owen. I don't know. Again, you're, you're this fucking... You're just a guy like, I know things, okay? You just walk into a physics classroom going, look, I took a science class once. I think I know what I'm doing. And then all the kids who have been there for years just looking at you like this fucking asshole. Except
0: it's not physics. It's just Nintendo. Something that I believe is is at least relatively understandable. They have moments of not being understandable.
1: And they have patterns. They have methods to their madness. And you're just denying them. The next one will be in September. That's how this works. You'll get a Splatoon 3 Direct next month. And maybe a Pokemon Gen 9 Direct. Or a Pokemon Direct in general. But other than that, you're not getting one until September.
2: Well, Peter, here's where you're wrong. He's a fool. We will not get a Pokemon Direct. We'll a Pokemon Presents instead.
1: You're Okay, see? Well, that's Mark you knows even more than me. Mark knows even more than me. Mark keeps me in check. Mark and I know mm-hmm. what we're talking about, all right? We don't come to you with all of our hot NBA takes when we don't know what we're talking about.
2: Mm-hmm. And with that being said, I'm fully expecting the Switch Pro tomorrow morning. They've outsourced it to a third-party developer, and they really want to show it off for us. So uh, Tomorrow will be really exciting.
0: Now, I'm not a believer that you can take what Jeff Grubb says to the bank.
2: Oh, the Metroid
0: Prime time. remaster, he, I mean, this was not one of his cases of, like, it was taken out of context. I said it just randomly on a podcast, so I didn't assume people would take it seriously. He's he's standing by that one. I mean, people have been saying
1: about people, I I think this game has existed for years. Nintendo sits on their first party games sometimes and does not really, and just waits to release them. I mean, we saw it with Xenoblade Three. The fact that Splatoon Three needed more time, and they bumped the game up two months early. Nintendo yeah. just waits. They will finish their games, and they'll just hold them off. Like again, Advanced Wars has probably been done for uh, probably it has been done for months, and they're just waiting because Advanced Wars so...
0: has probably been done for almost a year at this
1: yeah. point. Yeah, and they can just afford to hold their biggest games of the year and wait for when they designate as the right time. So I definitely think this game is real. It's probably been done for a couple years, and Nintendo just hasn't thought it's been ready yet. And I guess they've decided that, all right, we're finally going to put out Metroid Prime 1 remaster.
0: Okay. Now, I know you want to take the egotistical route. I'm not a Nintendo guy. I, I don't bleed Nintendo, so I can't possibly know what to expect from them but i don't know they i just feel a good energy from them based on the fact that they just seem to have so many games lining up right now that i don't know i'm i'm getting myself excited for the potential of there being more than just this partner direct they have more to say why wouldn't they say it
1: Because these games are going to sell millions and millions of units by them just putting out a tweet at 9 or 10 a.m. in the morning. And then that's all they need to do for some of these games. Nothing else has to happen at this point.
2: I think for Splatoon 3, they really need to show us something that wasn't in Splatoon 2 already.
1: That's why I said it's going to get its own direct this month, Mark.
2: It's, that's, that's what I think. I mean, maybe, does it get a tone direct for that? Maybe, sure, I guess it could. There's leaks for... Splatoon
1: and Splatoon 2 both got their own directs. Why wouldn't they do that for Splatoon 3?
2: It makes sense that they might do that. But...
1: No, 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 no. What what is this? Like, stick in the mud, maybe, I guess. Why, this is such a slam dunk idea. Of course they're going to do this.
2: Yes, but, like, Bayonetta of 3 also has to show up somewhere this year. Like that's going to be an attractive
1: well. It does. It doesn't have to, Mark. It does oh. not have to. It can easily get delayed, like every other game that was supposed to come out this year.
2: But it's like, let's let's stay away from the delay zone because we don't believe that's happening here at BNY Gaming. I think we, he does not speak for all of us. Owen, where did you tag? Or where are oh, you? Where at? he's going
1: to say oh. it's not get delayed? If what? he gets no. delayed, he's dead in the fucking league.
0: No, I hope. I hope it doesn't get delayed. The problem is. The only thing that makes me think that it won't get delayed is that they're, like, holding tight here. Why wouldn't it be delayed already? You would have to know if you're going to hit, I don't know, a release date before December. But this just goes back to what we've been seeing a lot throughout the industry, which is, like, all right, guys, God of War, come on. And they keep saying like, we're talking soon, I. Remember why don't you talk now?
2: Something I completely forgot to bring up when we did our last talk about God of War was that when the first one was coming out, I think they didn't release the, the release date and like many trailers for it until like two months prior. Like, it was also down to the wire, and we didn't know anything about it, really. Until That's it not just...
1: true at all, Mark! You had those massive E3 presentations of the game!
2: Well, we, we watched some... them
1: together! What the fuck are you talking about?
2: They had some trailers, but, like, we've also gotten two trailers for God of War also. I think there's one more trailer with a release date waiting, and that's that's it.
1: We've gotten one.
2: We got the announcement, and we got the one at the PlayStation. The announcement
1: present. was the logo. Hmm.
2: Mm. That's trailer-ish. They don't have no, to put it in the
1: th- There's no gameplay. It was the Kratos's voice actor going Ragnarok is coming. And then you see the blue logo and then gotta War Ragnarok. That's all that was the quote unquote first trailer. We you only have one
2: trailer. It's a, it's essentially a cinematic trailer, same thing. No the milestone of the game's development. You
1: guys are coming in tonight with these optimistic, childlike, I'm gonna it's, be an astronaut when I grow up, and I'm here to say you're gonna work in a cubicle, nine to five, hate yourself, and go to bed. You're gonna do that five days a week. We need some realist energy in here. It's always
0: me and Mark coming in here with some sort of energy and not you carrying your own baggage.
1: I will not deny the fact that I am the odd man out tonight, but tonight it's a rare exception where you're not flaunting your ego and you're like, guys, we should get pet unicorns and then ride them around town. And I'm just like, your gat your car just is polluting our air and killing our children. You need to be, you need, you guys need to just accept the way the world is. We're not getting an Nintendo Direct until September. And you're gonna get a Splatoon three direct. And it's gonna play some music that a bunch of people with anime avatars on Twitter are gonna eat up, and I'm just gonna run over rip my ears off.
2: Some of the music in Splatoon is good, Peter. Don't. No, it's not. It's that's... Mark. No, it's not. It's a different sound for sure, but like it's going after a new sound, and I think that's something to be appreciated. That is trying I to find sound it, very different. I find it interesting. Yeah. Oh, I. I, hate I, it. I I've
0: also always found it interesting, and Peter, I know you agree with me on this, is that Fall Guys just, like, completely ripped
1: off their music. That is completely true. That is completely true. Whenever you're playing Fall Guys, like, oh, they just heard this Splatoon, and it's like, we should do that. All right, yeah, let's do it. And then they did.
0: Um, I oh, Let me do housekeeping real quick. Uh, episodes each Monday. This one will probably be Tuesday because we're recording later, but whatever. Uh, if you're new to the show encourage you to go back and listen to old episodes. please rate us on podcast services if you see a rating thing on whatever your preferred services can't hurt to do it. Our current game club game is control and by the way our schedules have been breaking down. I mean you probably have another like two weeks to do that if you want. uh sorry Mark that you got to the game so
2: quickly. that's, that's well
1: Mark well, how I was with transistor now you get to be that for control.
2: that's fine just i i was just curious i mean at this point it's not going to be done by the end of june we have a couple of days here it's going to be reviewed in july at this point and i don't think we're even picking a game afterwards because peter doesn't want to now
1: i need a bit of a break i've already had too many games that i've had to play and i want to get through them and then get back to playing what i want to play for a bit and then i'm good to continue
0: um and also with this episode because our schedules have been wild we're kind of fitting this in under the wire we have time limits on us so this is going to be kind of a shorter abridged episode we hope you understand and with that we won't be talking about what we've been playing but because of this conversation i do want to mention that the other day i played like almost three hours of splatoon 2 randomly and it's just kind of underrated how addicting that game is once you get going in it. But they put so many obstacles in front of you to play that game. Because when you first log on, you have to watch the two characters talk to each other for literally like five minutes.
1: Can you tell me their names?
0: Uh I want to say one of them is named like Marina or something. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't remember their names.
2: That's right. That is one of them.
0: Um, I don't even have an idea as to what the other one's name could be. Pearl. Do you guys know Pearl? Okay. Um, this
1: guy thinks he Nintendo's Mark. Doesn't even know. Pearl.
0: Uh, no, but the weird thing about you is that you've hardly <laughs> played Splatoon in your life, and you yeah. know their names.
1: Yeah, because I, I, I'm a Nintendo fan.
0: No, but that's that's not how things work. That's just being that's. Being
2: weird. Oh, okay. okay Peter, okay. can you name me half of the ARMS cast, DLC included? Fuck,
1: no, are Mark, Nintendo fans can't name me a half of the fucking ARMS cast. People bought Splatoon 2. No one bought ARMS.
2: Peter, almost 3 million people bought ARMS.
1: I could name you the entire roster
2: of Mortal Kombat. Okay, that's not important here on BNY Gaming. We need the ARMS characters. I mean, I can't
1: honestly I yeah i can't do it right now min min master Uh mummy Uh ninjaga ribbon girl
2: there's no character named ninjaga
1: oh fuck that was like the bionicle spinoff or something uh ninjara yes okay the spring man Mm -hmm. dr coil
2: yep fuck how many characters do they have Bark and and bite hang on hang on i'm starting to get a He's almost got him. He's 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 gone past I think half the roster at this point.
1: So yeah, I've already done half. Uh, if, you, if you can
2: go all the way, by all means, can you? Name Min the whole Min, run?
1: obviously. Yeah. Twin Tell. Yep. That girl who's in the mech whose name I don't remember. Diva. That's, yeah. That uh, he's good.
2: Here? Is a diva. Is that your final <laughs> answer? No, I no, that's I mean, the Overwatch character. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> There's another. I, I'll, I'll give up there. I've,
1: I've, I set out what I was uh, challenged to do. There's, I forget that one guy with the big muscles,
2: a Captain Falcon, like his name uh. Max or something. I'll take it. Max is right. His Max Brass.
1: Okay, so yeah, I got the oh, Owen, I just got majority of the arms cast and I've never once played that game.
0: Yeah, and how do you feel that that information is taking up space in
1: your head? It's, it's I'm totally fine with it. I'm Owen, I'm a Nintendo fan.
0: Anyways, they make you click through their dialogue for about five minutes straight. and then you're in the city and it takes like 10 minutes to load into it because you're on the Nintendo switch. And then you're in the city, and then you have to walk to the elevator, and then the elevator loads, and then you can finally pick a match. And it takes a while to match make and everything takes forever to load. It's I've been spoiled at this point with the uh, with the newer generation of consoles. Um, I try not to be too pretentious about tech stuff, but man. They put a lot of obstacles in your way to play Splatoon 2. But when I did play it, it was a really good time.
2: See, for me in Splatoon, uh, I don't see it as an obstacle. Not even just because, like, oh, these loading times. Like, going from uh, the hub world to the elevator and the loading time there, that's kind of annoying. But while I'm in the hub, like, I always am looking at what all the messages are and see what people are talking about, see what's going on. Sometimes there's funny memes. Sometimes people are yelling about something I want to know about. It is a primary feature of the game. I think one of the things that makes Splatoon very cool, very special.
0: I gotta say, I've never
2: paid attention to them once. Oh my goodness, you're not playing (laughs) Splatoon, Owen. I'm sorry. See, a Nintendo fan would be reading the Splatoon messages that once were Nintendo
1: fans coming in here sounding so negative about Splatoon uh, too. Look,
2: look. Uh, With this being said, Owen, please keep playing Splatoon. Like we don't want you to stop. (laughs) uh, uh, Here's the irony to all of this:
0: is that I'm talking about the first-party Nintendo game that I've played, but because I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of it, somehow Peter David Gorski is better than me, even though he doesn't
2: play the games.
1: Kelly and Marie were the, the two the two hosts from Splatoon the 1. There's another was, little fun fact for you. Okay,
2: What was their group co- called, Peter? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. You can name uh, Pearl and Marina's group as well. Didn't that know? I
1: can't do? But Splatoon One was—I don't know why—I feel like I was—I—I was—I saw more of that, even though I own and have played Splatoon Two. Something Sisters, the Something Sisters for Splatoon One, the Something Sisters. Shit. So close. Like I know, it's, it's, I know. Obvious. The Squid Sisters. It
2: is the Squid Sisters. Oh, and
1: I know they're called the Squid Sisters. Not
2: you never interview.
1: even played the game. I know. I'm a you, fucking Nintendo no. fan.
0: Oh, you're a fan who didn't even you didn't even contribute to the sales numbers.
1: I didn't need to. Japan did it more on its uh, they did enough on their own.
0: I don't I don't understand how being able to pass a Sporkle quiz on this stuff is more important than actually playing the game.
1: Uh, well, you're whatever. fucking playing it. You seem to be having an awful time there for a fan of it. No, no, no. I'm I having to a great time. I had to do this. Time. I had to do that. And as for this, I couldn't believe it.
0: I was having a great time, but I was making a point as to why I don't play it more. Because there's always, like, too many hoops to jump through.
1: Okay. Keep complaining about Nintendo and how much you don't like them. Go ahead. You're a fan. You're allowed to do that. I
0: just fucking... I'm going to need you to eat one of my dirty socks if there's a direct next month.
1: I mean, There will be. It's for Splatoon 3. Oh, if there a is a game. big
0: direct next month, you're eating my sock.
1: What if there's not?
0: Then I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to have to live with the fact pussy. that I'm not a Nintendo fan.
2: You're a pussy. Sure. Sure. Can I say one right. last thing about this direct that we haven't talked about at all? Yes, you can. It is a leaker. I think it was either over the weekend or last week specifically said this week there would be a partner direct and there would be no direct. And that one of the things that will show up is the revival of Banjo and Kazooie. Why would they? What are you talking about? I'm just saying.
1: Why are you? Mark, you're talking about that sort of prediction. My, someone might as well just written a like a Microsoft Word, printed it, and took it of like a shaky photo of it and put it on a Reddit account go, hey, oh, my dad works at Nintendo. He took this before he left. This is the lineup for the direct. Come on, Mark. You're a seasoned uh, veteran. We just went over this. You know your stuff. That's not going to happen. I don't know
2: if... Like I don't. Maybe it's not likely. I still want it to happen. I'm, I go into X-Fox every direct. If Xbox
1: revealed direct. a banjo remake at a Nintendo partner directs, I would have to aggressively now question Phil Spencer's leadership.
2: If he thinks that's a good idea, he wants what's best for the games. Like sure. Uh, at it- that point, at that point, give the IP back to Nintendo. Give it I back. Mean- I feel like it would resonate stronger with people if you showed it in a Nintendo presentation versus an Xbox presentation. Because that's where the fans are. Like That's where the Banjo fans exist. And then after the presentation is done, Phil Spencer can be like, oh, hey, you can play this for free on Game Pass, though. So you guys want to come over here. But at the same time, all these people who are playing Banjo were probably going to play it on the Switch instead of Xbox anyway. So, you know, is this... You don't know that? What the fuck are you talking
1: about? You don't know that? It's free on Game Pass. And before game pass it was the rare replay what the fuck are you talking about
2: maybe rare replay comes to switch and maybe that's what we're talking about here
1: Hmm? I mean that's possible but Mark I'm just saying nothing happens when we die alright banjo's not coming to switch nothing happens when we die the realist in me now has to come back to you children and just
2: open your fucking eyes well, here is the thing, Peter. When it comes to even just like just any, any any shape or form of being a games enthusiast, the speculation of what could be is what burns the fire in our hearts. What that the thing say
1: PlayStation's up? gonna reveal Half Life three? Like, what the what, what the fuck cooler? are you on
2: about? What sounds cooler? Half Life is announced by PlayStation, or Banjo's coming back into a presentation by Nintendo. My dead
1: cat comes back to life because that's more likely than a new banjo being announced by Nintendo.
2: Nobody's throwing around the word likely. We're saying which of these sounds cooler. That's, That's all we're talking about.
1: I don't think either of these sound cool, because I would look at both decisions and be like, How, okay. why is this the way that this information is being shown?
2: I mean, it makes sense to someone who didn't want to finish Banjo-Kazooie might feel this way, so, you know, shame on me. If you want to call me a fake Banjo fan, I'll wear that shit on my forehead. I'll wear it with pride. You own his amiibo, Peter.
1: Yeah, cuz I'm very happy he got in. It was like I don't really care about the character, but just the acknowledgement, the fact that oh my god, this character who everyone thought was impossible, this character who was supposed to be at it all the way back in Smash 64.
0: Give it like... away. Give it away. He he's happy for the banjo fans.
1: I'm yeah. happy for the legacy he now brings to Smash and how significant his inclusion is.
2: Can you tell me the name of the mole from Banjo? Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you can tell how much I loved it for the fact that uh, J <laughs> G- G- mm-hmm. mm, It's I, I know I'm on the right track. I can't because we're on a time limit.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: His name we are on popular. a
2: time limit. His name was Bottles, Peter, and spoilers, he fucking dies. He gets in, killed. In,
1: in the beginning of Banjo 2, I know.
2: Wow. Yes, he does. He wow. dies in 2 But you knew that, Peter, so Spoilers.
1: I guess, yes, I did right. know that.
0: All right. One last housekeeping thing. You can write into the show at bnygamingpod at gmail.com. Just like Kyle R. did. Now, we have to take this email in two segments, and i will you'll see why in a moment. Hello, BNY. I am very proud to be the first emailer unless someone snuck in before me, in which case I am severely embarrassed and certified cringe. Now, this is where we need to stop. We have technically had emails before. I don't count them, though. Exactly. That's what I'm getting to. We know the people who emailed in. It might as well have been them brothers. So is Kyle here? Is he certified cringe? I'm going to say no.
1: Everyone, hands on the table. We have to be brutally honest with ourselves. None of us know this guy. None of us had anything to do with this, right? Okay. Yeah,
0: no, no. Oh. Not. no. Uh, this is this is a stranger to us. We and is... We're very happy that he listens. Yeah, thank Fucking Kyle. crazy
1: in a good way. Hey, so, Kyle, I want you to write in again. We don't have to read this on the episode. I just want you to write in again and tell us how you found this podcast. Because... We don't advertise it. We don't really have social media for it. We had a Twitter that none of us know how to use, and we let it die months ago. (laughs) And the fact that you just, you somehow still found this podcast, please let us know, one, for our curiosity, and two, just so we know that kind of iteration going forward as to how new listeners are actually finding this podcast.
0: It would be useful if you could write in again, but um, no pressure there. Uh, if you don't want to, Kyle? We ain't going to make you. And are we all in agreement that not certified cringe, even though we've technically had emails before?
2: Uh, I'd say not certified cringe. But the last one I remember us talking about, which I think was a good question, was the Tekken question for whether Hayachi, or not Hayachi, quizzing me, the Tekken lore expert, of uh, what Hayachi's favorite sport is, to which I was able to answer, of course.
0: Yes, obviously you were. No one go back and check the tape on that. But um, yeah, we appreciate our friends who have written it in the past. And it's not to diminish their questions. We're just kind of saying that our friends offering us validation doesn't mean much, I guess. We need the validation of strangers, just like Kyle R. gave us. Because he followed it up with saying... Anyway, I love the podcast and the decision to focus on the games instead of industry news is the right call. My question, do you think the strive for games to animate every action from the player for immersive reasons can be misguided? I find clicking on an item and adding it to my inventory in New Vegas far more immersive than all of Red Dead Redemption 2's animations, because the former lets me stay in the flow. Maybe realism and immersion are too often seen as one and the same. Keep up the good work, Kyle. I like this question a lot. And this is why I like write-ins. This is something that we, we wouldn't have talked about before. But is our realism and immersion mistaken too often? I'm going to say yes, but I'm going to save my explanation because, Mark, I'm curious about your thoughts on this.
2: For me, I I could go either way really. Like I, I don't mind when games kind of have like the tediousness at times of what Red Dead is because a lot of those mechanics can kind of be overlooked. Like if you really just want to play that game, you don't have to interact with every little thing. Like I remember really liking the fact that there was a button on the controller just for pulling your weapon out of the, of your your sheath, and people react differently to you just because your weapon's in your hand because it would make sense. That, hey, this guy just is holding a fucking gun walking around town. Yeah, people maybe would uh, respond a little differently. And I like when games kind of acknowledge all the little decisions you make. But other people, that's maybe kind of tedious. Maybe especially because, like, the horse wasn't as fast as it could have been. That's definitely where I think I would draw the line with where it is cool and where it is not cool with something like Red Dead. Uh, And just simplifying it in something like Fallout, where he says, where it's just like easy enough to just go through your inventory. You can hold hundreds and hundreds of items if you really want. I I think Fallout actually has a carrying capacity, but other games have no problem just letting you hold as much as you want and letting you get right past that. But uh, it's a different kind of experience, I want to say. Like, if you know that that's what you like about it, like like about a game, then sure, then games are going to be designed around that. But I don't even know like uh skyrim there's so many mods of survival where like they, they gives you so many extra things you have to keep track of while you're playing the game where it's like oh you have to make sure you are eating something while traveling around the world you have to make sure you are always at the right temperature for the biome that you are in or you will freeze to death maybe you could get sick uh and those are all things that a lot of people especially for a game like skyrim or like the bare minimum of it you'd it isn't designed around any mechanics like that, but people find ways to try and incorporate them and sometimes those mods can even be rough around the edges, of course, but I it still caters to, to a certain audience of people who kinda want more of that experience. I don't think every game should feel the need that they need to kinda to be that. But it is definitely not out of the question for some games to want to be like that, because there's definitely people who are interested. And I, for as myself, like I think I'm interested in that sometimes, but sometimes it could be a little bit too tedious. Like, but there, are, there are some mechanics I probably would not want to walk the line with, like making something super slow in an open world. Going back to the horse example with Red Dead Two, like that's where I would have said, okay, maybe, maybe we can find a way to tweak up the horse speed a little bit, just so we're like moving around this world can be a little bit easier, even if they want me to try to take it in more. Like that's yeah. that's kind of where I would stand.
0: Yeah. I agree with a lot of that, Peter. Where are your thoughts going to initially on this question? You've never played either of these games, but I don't think that matters. I assume you can figure out your own avenue of where you think like something has gone for too much realism and so on.
1: I feel like realism in games too many people equate realism to being a higher pro- like a higher quality product. And I can understand if that's your what you were looking for in your gaming experience. But I fully agree with the idea of the the less animations, the better. In that I don't need to see when John Marston kills a deer and skins it. I don't need to see him thoroughly... Cut off the first, like, you know, initially the knife into the creature, like, into the dead body. And he flaps one side of the, like, you know, the fur. Then he cuts to the other side. He flaps it. like, just let me click triangle and I pick up what I need to pick up.
2: I do want to see that, though. Like, if they can give people the option to skip it, but I would look at that all day.
1: Just think of how, Mark, you could have, like, gone to college with the amount of time that you lose to neatless animations
2: Peter I did go to college I don't know what to tell you I did that <laughs> you could do it again oh shit
1: I again I'm not I'm not you're not gonna suddenly hear her go if there's animations in games I don't like it any animation's bad or but I feel like there's a time and place I think that sort of animation is cool when you're first starting a game like wow this is really thorough they're thinking of all the little things that developers usually don't even glance at while they're making the game. But if especially with a long game like the Red Dead Redemption series, if I could turn those off after the first hour or two, I would do that in a heartbeat. So you get then you get the warm embrace of oh my god, look at it. the you know the the care and thought they put into it. But after a certain point it's like all right, I have a game to play, I have a life to live, I need to move on. So yeah, I would say it's preference. I do think that more and more games are going to start like, leaning on that realism idea because they think that it'll make more people buy their game. And I just I think that's the wrong mindset to have. If you want to have both, fine. Give the option. Don't force it on people.
0: I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, for one, with Red Dead Redemption 2 specifically, I mean, this is the most extreme example of depicting animated realism i think and i believe it was actually jeff grubb who wrote an article back when uh red dead 2 came out about how he didn't want other games to learn from this because you get the kind of uncanny valley sense which i think is an overused term and i'm not even entirely sure i use it correctly but i i interpret uncanny valley as being like you attempted realism here but something just feels off um and one of the specific things he pointed to in his article was that when you're meticulously going through a drawer searching a house in red dead 2 just because you're doing it slowly doesn't make it realistic because for the most part, like a person doesn't meticulously go through a drawer and like pick up an object and look at it. It's like, no, people are like generally just more m- messy and erratic in their movements. And everything, when you look at like attempted realism in animation, everything is so clean. And like just because we're going slowly, it's realistic pretty much. So, on one hand, I, I completely agree with Kyle here on the attempted animation is just kind of unnecessary. And it absolutely does pull you out for the most part. Now, we talk about skinning the animals and like going to that extent. There's also a level of respecting the amount of work that was put into a game like Red Dead 2. And while these mechanics may not be the best for gameplay, I do think that you have the option to kind of like meet it halfway. If you're going to go on a hunting trip in Red Dead 2, your goal shouldn't be to optimize it and make sure that you're getting through it as quickly as possible because you just have some weapon you want to buy or something Meeting it halfway would kind of be like, you know what? I'm embracing this. I'm going to grab a beer and I'm going to hunt in Red Dead 2 and I'm just going to enjoy wherever the world takes me here. Is that how most people play games? I assume mostly no, but I think it's an option here where the thing that Mark brought up that I think is an interesting place to take this question is that I kind of think realism in animation is mostly I I don't want to say full negative but it's mostly a negative because it often just kind of makes things inconvenient that don't need to be inconvenient. But realism in systems is a completely different thing. Like you mentioned how there are Skyrim mods where you like have to eat and stuff. And if a game wanted to take the route of like you have needs like you're a sim you have to feed yourself you have to use the bathroom and it's realistic because it feels like you're actually living a life and you have to take care of yourself here i think that is something that wouldn't be the type of game that everyone wants to play but i think that would be immersive if you bought into playing that game and i think the same goes for say, really good physics systems in games. Uh, Of course, got to mention Breath of the Wild here. But, like, the one of the things that make that game so impressive is that it has relatively realistic, like, logical physics within the game. So if you think you can do something, you can do it for the most part. Of course, I'm the one that I'm not allowed to speak on physics because... I've taken one science class, according to Peter earlier.
2: Or Nintendo. Or Nintendo. Thank you. i has taken zero Nintendo classes for the record. Very, very <laughs> clearly.
0: Um, But systemic realism is kind of the type of thing I want to see more in games across the board. Like, the, I won't bore people with this, but this question even extends to like sports games. I get mad at like 2K and stuff because everything feels so animation based and not as skill based and it frustrates me. Um, But Mark, I'm, I'm curious if uh, what I'm saying is resonating with you at all about systemic realism versus animated realism oh, yeah. or if there's even a difference at all.
2: I think they can go hand in hand. I think the animation one kind of is more tedious where the systems are just a different experience that it will or will not jive with somebody and I think the simple answer for the animated real or like animated realness is have the option to skip through these cutscenes really quickly sure that's like a couple extra button presses but I think it is a nice middle ground because sometimes I don't mind looking at the animations and in fact I think more often than not I would rather have them unless if something is like a really grindy game or like in Red Dead I'm I was never one to hunt super often so like I it didn't ruin anything for me to to see it all that often but I totally could see someone playing that game where it is something you do super often to try to like say grind for some money, and I'd, I'm not sure if you can or cannot skip it. I I would like to think you can. Just I don't principle. think so. Well, for shame, for shame. I'm yeah. Go side <laughs> of that. Um. Yeah. I, I I think there is an understanding from designers that like some people don't want to do that. Like if we can skip cutscenes, we should just be able to skip that too because these things will take time.
0: Um. One thing I appreciate that Naughty Dog actually includes in their games is with their robust accessibility options, they they really include way more options than you would think. And one thing that I turned on in my last first part two playthrough is that there's just an auto pickup thing, and I don't know why it's not on by default, but I remember going, I think I did my whole first playthrough without it on, and you're pressing buttons constantly just to pick up like, Paper and alcohol and whatever else they have you pick up. And this entire time, it just could have been automated. And they're like, that's a perfect example of sometimes I kind of want a video game to just realize what it is. And I know that they're trying to provide this otherworldly cinematic experience that you're living. But if you can make my life easier, please do it. It, it won't take me out of it. In fact, it will probably keep me in it even more if I'm not doing the tedious thing that you think is realistic. Um, Peter, do you have any last thoughts on this?
1: My closing thoughts on this are... I worry that certain developers as, you know, the technology gets better and more money is being pumped in the game development as it continues to just be, you know, a money machine, are going to invest in just more strenuous, technically impressive, but kind of dull after a certain point, animations and segments in games. It just goes, like, how long until in Last of Us 4... You have to stop and take a piss because your character hasn't used a bathroom in three hours. And you'll have some people in the gaming press going, Oh my god, this immersion when Ellie had to take a piss, I had to take a piss. I I'm terrified of that day. I don't I, I don't think it's a zero percent chance of it happening, but you know it's not gonna be high. Just guys, sometimes simple is better. That's really all I have to say. Sometimes simple is better.
0: I think a lot of the time it is. Um, The only thing I'll push back on there...
1: Is you want to pee alongside Ellie?
0: No, no. It's more that, like, I don't want to tell a developer that they couldn't have that be an option if they want to. Like I just said, if they wanted to make a game where you're practically a sim and you have to take care of yourself the whole time, that's perfectly fine. It doesn't mean I'm going to like it or you're going to like it. Uh...
1: I'm not but, telling everyone how to live their lives. I'm just saying I don't want to consume that sort of game myself.
0: And I, I don't think the majority of people do. So, if that ever invaded like the AAA blockbuster space, which I don't think it will, like, I don't think that would ever appear in a Last of Us game, then I think that would be taking things too far. On the fringes, though, when it comes to like niche gaming, if someone wants to make that game and people want to play it, sure. Like, like if, I'm next, sure that fan base is there.
2: Like,
1: if we get to the point, the next Smash game, Mario punches Link's shield, and he breaks his hand, and he's not able to fight anymore, I will be protesting outside Nintendo headquarters in Japan. It's just like, enough is enough.
2: Like, if that was, like, in a cutscene, though, like, in a story mode, and, like, Mario... <laughs> if, oh, if, no. if
1: Mario ever breaks his hand, I, I he deserves, you know, someone give us, someone give me a Moto and Oscar. For going for it, but I don't want I don't want Mario to have to like after his fight with Ganondorf go pay his taxes after a game of Smash. I just want to play Smash Brothers.
0: And that's what I am saying when it comes to like sometimes games just realize that you're games uh, uh, like it's absurd to think that any of that stuff would ever happen with Mario, but let's just make sure it doesn't. Happened with mario okay <laughs> um do we think though is the AAA space going to are they striving for more red dead 2s because while i love red dead 2 i do not think it's a game
2: to learn
0: from
1: i think playstation will go down that road not for all of their games but for more of them
2: i don't think i think it's something to learn from in the sense like hey this is a route games can take this isn't like hey every cinematic first person or not first person every cinematic single player game this is the standard that you have to be now I think it, it can stand on its own identity and I don't think every developer wants to do that because the amount of time that goes into all the details that red dead Two have are just not worth it in the grand scheme. But Rockstar can do it because they're fucking Rockstar. They have the GTA money to do that. And I don't remember who said it. Some higher up at Rockstar said they always want their games to try to just feel like it's magic and keep you wondering how they do it. And by investing in all these little details, I think they accomplish that a little bit better.
0: Yeah, I, I do think it's, I mean, it's certainly impractical to meet the standard of Red Dead 2 for, just any old developer. But um, I really, I hope that the lessons from that game are based in writing lessons, as opposed to the design of it. Even though I think the design works, it works because of how many resources they have. I think any developer who tried to copy it would be fated. To fail, unfortunately.
2: I know that at least in Ark, the dinosaur survival game, you can poop and you have to poop. And there's nothing you can do about it. And so oh
0: boy, keep it away from Peter.
2: Yeah. You yeah, can, I, I see get the fuck away from me. You can throw it at people, you can poop in a you can like trap someone in a hole and everyone can then poop in said hole if they wanted to. Mark that tells two, me you've done that in Arc.
0: In Ark Two, are you gonna be able to poop as Vin Diesel?
2: I'm not sure, but that is a very important question. We what what to. if
0: there's like a clause in his contract? Like, no, <laughs> you can't have me do that.
2: Vin Diesel cannot poop, and you also cannot eat someone else's shit as Vin Diesel. <laughs>
0: um, I think that's all I got on this question.
1: Me too.
2: I think so too.
0: Alright, moving on. We have one other topic we want to do. Uh, Peter, you're the one that brought this one up, so why don't you tee it up for us?
1: Everyone, what are your current gaming mysteries? What is clawing at the back of your minds, whether it be about the games themselves or the industry they inhabit? What that When you're just going about your day, you're at work, out for a walk, eating dinner, going to bed, you just think of, why is that? this way or whatever happened to that or what's going on with this we can say as we can say however many we have actually we can't because we're on a limit but uh whichever ones immediately come to your mind i will start with one that i have been thinking about consistently honestly i think about this way more than i let on and it's not a massive deal you know we're not gonna have to stop the podcast and you're not gonna to why all hasn't
0: right. PlayStation bought Lucid Games.
1: Yet yeah. you are close. Oh my goodness! But it's not a studio. Don't worry. So, in the uh, summer of 2020, in the games industry, as you we've seen in many other fields the last couple years, many women began coming forward with their stories of sexual harassment and all of these horrible stories and okay. encounters they've had other times in the games games industry. And one of the places that, uh, one mm-hmm. of the venues, one of the organizations that encountered these stories was EVO, the fighting game tournament series, the most popular fighting game tournament series. They had to deal with the fact that their founder, Mr. Wizard, Joey Sellers, I don't know if I'll say his name, was a, uh, really fucking creepy guy, turns out. And he was outed from the company, forced to resign. And Evo didn't even end up doing an Evo Online for that year. They just had to take a step back because how could you not? The founder of your tournament series is now gone under horrible circumstances. And Evo began to uh, face some significant financial straits, as one could imagine from having that happen to them. But then um, a year later, lo and behold, it's announced out of nowhere that PlayStation has bought and saved Evo. EVO continues to live on under the PlayStation banner. PlayStation just puts out a generic PR statement of, oh, we look forward to, you know, we look forward to hosting EVO tournaments in the future and helping the fighting game community come together to compete and yada, yada, yada. I think about this more often than I'm willing to put let on. Why the fuck did PlayStation buy EVO? I'm not against it or anything. I don't think it was a stupid idea or anything from that angle. But why on earth did PlayStation buy evil? They don't have fighting games. They don't make fighting games. They yeah. don't really. Yeah.
2: They've,
1: they've only made one, and it didn't do well, and not that many people really liked it. And they've very obviously let that franchise die. Street Fighter is now multi-platform again. It's not good. I could have I understood if Street Fighter 6 was exclusive again, but it's not. So, just what's your plan with EVO? Why did you buy it? I don't understand. And I think about this so fucking much. And I promise I'm not. This isn't going to go turn into an unrealistic, like, detailing of PlayStation All Stars 2 and how it's going to be. It's not a game's not real. It's never going to be real. It's never going to happen. So, that's why I just am boggled why did they buy evo what are their plans with evo someone help me figure this out
2: like that kind of ties into one of my uh my big questions which is what what is sony really planning to do with uh its first party studios and games as a service because we really i don't think have seen the bulk of it like the the big hitters and i i wonder if that plays into that at all if maybe there is some sort of fighting game, they're hoping to have a studio plug in, make it a, a staple of the the PlayStation uh, studios. What they just have,
1: a there game has to game. be, because yeah. if they're not making a first party fighting game,
2: why did you buy
1: a fighting? And the like the biggest, every all like most people who don't know fighting games know Evo. Evo is the uh, is by far and away the most watched fighting game tournament. People who don't watch fighting game tournaments watch evo it is a thing that just people in the games industry do they know it it is the most popular of the you know of the formats
2: i I think it's a comparable way where so many people will show up for like the all the speed running like charity yeah it's exactly right but not everyone's a fucking speedrunner. not everyone's gonna pull off these kind of combos or play games like or play these fighting games like this but it's cool to watch and see And, I mean, of course, eSports is there uh, already. Like, MOBAs already have their scene, FPSs have their scene to an extent. I feel like fighting games have had the least investment of all these kind of communities of, like, uh, competitive gaming scenes where you think they would have taken off, but fighting games have still only gone so far. Sony, with whatever time they put in working with Street Fighter V and understanding, like, hey, there's, there's more to be done here, and there is an ample opportunity to buy this at a steal... Uh, why not try this right now? Do do they have something? The big question is, do they have something planned to take advantage of it, or did they just uh, see the opportunity and just thought, oh, maybe we can make something stick in the next five to ten years, or is it more pressing than that? Like, something they really want to get into. I, and I don't know if it is that pressing, because I feel like at this point, we would have heard something, or at least by the end of the year, we would have heard something. I'm not sure. I, I think this is a, a big question, too, that we don't have enough, like, even crumbs to follow, but I feel like if their studios started showing off more about what these service games they have in mind are, that maybe that an answer lies there.
1: But if, if, any, if any of them are making a fighting game, there's no way there's more than one. Yeah, I just, at, I just don't the- see a world where they're making or PlayStation is making multiple fighting games.
2: What I think would happen: the only way they go to two now, this could be tinfoil hatty for us, Peter. I think
1: I can I say it because I think I know what you're going to say. I
2: mean, it would be the second thing they do is try to bring it back.
1: Well, no, honestly, if if they if a PlayStation All Stars two, and then they just make like a typical like a new IP of like a Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat type two D one on one fighting game. Mm-hmm. That's what I would think is like oh a PlayStation All Stars and a new fighting game IP, but why? Like the PlayStation All Stars you talked to death about. I don't need to drown everyone out again in that kind of like teat, like you know just needless conversation. Or if we can if we want to. I don't know. I just feel like Mark and I drone on it so much. No one wants to hear it again, but. They could be doing that, but if you're gonna make a brand new fighting game IP, you already have Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and Guilty Gear and Dragon Ball Fighters on your platform. It just doesn't seem like you need a new fighting game in a franchise, like in a type of in a genre that already doesn't have that high of a, you know, buy-in. Mortal Kombat and Smash sell exceedingly well, but they're the exception and not the standard. So I just don't. I I don't understand i I don't understand
0: i have kind of a boring take on it all right i i think it might be as simple as they think esports is a growing industry and they're just making an investment because i don't really expect any of their studios to make a fighting game they do kind of have the energy going on around PlayStation, especially when street fighter five was exclusive of like, they're kind of the home of fighting games. Like I don't, I'm pretty sure guilty gear is not on Xbox. Um, mortal Kombat is, but, uh, mortal Kombat's everywhere. So like they have that advantage by hosting the party. They have the advantage of kind of being seen as like the primary console of fighting games, what that does for them, I'm sure, is, like, good enough, makes it at least a little worthwhile. And then beyond that, I just think they, they think it'll be like a stock. Like, the stock of esports is going to continue going up, and if they own one of the primary esports things, that means that their value is going up.
1: If that's all it is, I will be greatly disappointed because Nintendo pulled out of Evo when they have actually began their own official league with Panda Esports. And if all we get from PlayStation buying Evo is Smash no longer being there, I'm pretty peeved. Uh,
0: I mean, that's equally a Nintendo problem because they're so weird. Where it's like, why'd you pull out evo why'd you do that
1: i assume it's because playstation bought them but again i don't know why that would i i'm not saying oh that's a valid reason i'm saying that's probably the reason it doesn't make any sense i don't understand why playstation being there would just be like nintendo's like well we have to take our bag and go home now because now that weird guy's here and we
2: don't like him doesn't make
1: any fucking sense to
2: me Do you think it could have anything to do with how last Evo, when it was online, they told Smash they couldn't be there because their online was so bad? Now they're just like, well, now you just can't have our game because didn't. I doubt
1: Nintendo took offense to that because if anyone knows how bad their online is, it's them, and they don't. Do they know? Yes, they do. Yes, they do, and they flagrantly don't give a fuck. They know exactly. They walk in public and they did not shower, and they smell, and they smell awful. But their father is fucking rich. So everyone just puts up with them and doesn't say anything. In hopes that they befriend them and get a shit ton of benefits from doing so.
2: I mean, they're always recommending people use the Ethernet cable for a reliable uh, connection. And I don't think that's them saying like, oh, our our thing is our service is wrong. I think that's them trying to be like, well, this is on you guys. You need to have the reliable connection to play
1: online here. <laughs> oh, when Nintendo sees S- uh, Smash Ultimate sales numbers, they go, oh, 25 million units sold? By far the best-selling fighting game of all time? Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll work on that online. Don't worry. We have to for our, our bottom line. Sure, do, on, you,
0: do you think that they know what rollback netcode is?
1: Yes, I think that they do know, and they laugh and they laugh. And they laugh. I don't. They don't give a flying fuck.
2: Maybe next Smash they will. Maybe. Looks like Wait. if it's Bandai
1: Namco <laughs> no. making it again, I could see them doing it. Yeah. I. I if it's Bandai Namco and some Nintendo higher ups have retired.
0: Well, that was Peter's first. And unanswerable sort of marks. question and sort, of me too. and sort of marks um I have a PlayStation related one as well which I just did a quick Google search to make sure this answer isn't out there and it might technically be I just assume there's more to the story I've always wanted to know why did Sean Layden actually leave PlayStation now he did an interview where he said it was to avoid burnout and to put a pin in his legacy. That feels a little too flowery because I remember when that happened, I mean, it was announced in like a tweet that he was leaving. And it like it was kind of a weird tweet that really minimized his position there, even though, I mean, he's largely given credit pretty much for what was just a golden age of PlayStation uh, during the PlayStation 4. And to leave so unceremoniously has always struck me as very weird. And I still think about, like, what happened between Sean Layden and PlayStation. Because I'm not saying... I don't think there's anything
1: sinister necessarily.
0: But there has to be more to the story.
1: I mean, just a comparison. Look at when Reggie announced he was leaving Nintendo. Nintendo put out, like, an eight-minute video of Reggie just speaking off the cuff letting them say whatever he wanted to say. He was honest about it. They were very clear. This is how much longer he has with us. This is who is replacing him. Reggie, like, Doug Bowser, and they and like Nintendo made it clear. Reggie chose Doug Bowser. Doug Bowser has been working directly under Reggie. Don't worry. A lot of the aspects you liked about Reggie have been instilled into Doug. He knows what he's doing. He's learned from the best. You could tell when Reggie left Nintendo, it was like... Re- both sides deeply cared for each other and wanted the best for each other with their future endeavors. Whereas Sean Layton, it's like PlayStation farted and like, oh, well, anyway. And I just don't get why he seemingly got thrown through the curve the
2: way he did. Here's, here's my take on the Sean Layton situation. Even kind of incorporating what he had to say about how he wanted to put a pin in his legacy, right? I feel like multiple times since he's left PlayStation... He has made it known that he feels like the current business model of PlayStation is not sustainable and it cannot be done. He's correct. And, and I don't think I think he realized that he under that there was nothing he could do to stop PlayStation from becoming something uh, that it's on the path of becoming uh, and that their first party games are just coming out so scarcely at the sake of their quality, which. Me personally, I don't mind, but maybe that is something he would feel very differently about, maybe to a point where maybe some of the uh, shareholders will even see like, okay, we can't do this anymore. We don't want this. We need to see more money coming from this. It's not enough. And Sean Layton understands like, hey, that's not going to look great for PlayStation. Or like someone someone is going to uh, get hurt doing this, as in a studio is probably going to be forced uh, to Crunch harder than they need to for a project, no matter how long it might take, or shareholders are going to make someone do something. Uh, I'm not sure, but I, I, I think, I, I think the answer is just Sean Laden uh, realized the, what he had accomplished and wanted to get out before it was going to make him look bad. Whether whether or not like Jim Ryan has excavated or ex or had just made a thing is going to make things worse that like so he was already on the like path of becoming or doing. Uh, who is to say, but I feel like maybe things would have been better with Sean Layton. Easier to say now when he's not removed, or when he is removed from the equation, but that is just my take on it.
0: Timeline-wise, when did Sean
2: Layton leave?
0: Peter, that seems like something you might just know off the top of your head, but I'm I looking. believe
1: Sean Layton left in, 20, I think, late 2019, early 2020. He left he was not a part of any of the PS5 marketing cycle. He was gone by then, and it was good old Jim. Why would anyone play old games, Ryan?
0: I I find it very interesting then, leaving around twenty nineteen. I believe at that point Uncharted Lost Legacy had come out. Miles Morales was probably planned at that point. Um and those are two games that go more along with his philosophy of, like, we need to make these smaller experiences. And I don't, I don't think we're talking about those anymore. I don't think PlayStation is talking about them anymore anyways. You're not
1: going to be getting another Concrete Genie. You're not going to be getting another Tearaway. It's just not. Jim Ryan and Sean Layton could not be more different in their approaches to PlayStation. And I think PlayStation was looking at Naughty Dog. Like, the higher-ups, the boards, they were looking at Naughty Dog in the games that they were making of Uncharted and The Last of Us. And then they saw God of War, and they were looking around. And they just thought, well, people play these, and they buy these, and these are very well-claimed games. Why don't we just make more of these? Sean Lane's probably sitting there going, well, because that's not what everyone wants to make. We need to allow everyone to express themselves creatively, and... You know, make sure everyone's happy. And then the board said, Jim Ryan, get in here. And he's like, Yeah. And they just told him, You don't have a creative ounce in your soul, right? He's like, Not a single one, sir. (laughs)
2: They're
1: like, All right, you got the job. Sean, get out of here.
0: I think, I think you guys are onto something. Um, I don't know why this never exactly occurred to me because it does feel like the most obvious answer to it. I mean,
1: Japan studio was the ones making the creative games, and they died. And they were made an example of everyone else. So they said, creativity is no longer allowed here. You all make your AAA Naughty Dog realistic games or so help us. Except for, it's, ex- except for Astro. He could stay. They allowed him to live.
0: It's g- not to talk too much about Sean Layden's philosophy, because, I mean, you could probably make a whole podcast about it. But... It is going to be a dark day when PlayStation has their bomb because it's going to happen and it's going to be the type of thing that like could borderline at the very least cripple a studio if not put a major dent into PlayStation. I
1: want to I want to correct you a little bit there because I think you're onto something but look at Days Gone Days Gone was considered a bomb in terms of playstation and they kept chucking. i don't think it's just any playstation studios game bombs it's if naughty dogs next game isn't good it oh what happen to you
0: uh a train passed my house and my internet completely went out holy shit um you left off at if naughty dogs next game isn't good that's when i last heard you
2: Oh, uh, then Peter, Peter and I just went on to vape on like, okay, then it's on Sony Santa Monica and Insomniac to do basically, something. Yeah.
1: basically if Naughty Dog's next big single player game fails, then and their guiding light goes out that I think PlayStation looks to Insomniac and Sony, Sony Santa Monica and says, you guys were always our favorites. You know that, right? And then we go from there.
0: Alrighty.
2: Did you guys keep like recording as if the episode was still going on or what happened? Here? I was considering we were going to cut out a portion once there's a clear, like silent moment where we're realizing you are gone. And I think we can just go from there and just okay. move on to the next topic. But I do want to say, uh, just so we all know, it, I just brought it up to Peter Nintendo partnered show uh, showcases uh in the past bravely default 2 and age of calamity the hyrule warriors sequel both showed up in partner showcases so bayonetta very likely i still think
1: age of calamity i'll give you the bravely second means nothing
2: why i I don't understand like that's a square enix game that is published by nintendo and any so just any instance of oh that game is published by nintendo it cannot show up there it's like okay well clearly that's just flat out wrong is
1: bravely default one published by Nintendo
2: I believe so yes
1: but how is it showing up another Oh, no, the bravely default didn't show up I was thinking of uh, octopath traveler
2: mark Mayo 3 won't be
1: there we're not doing this again what is it it might be one?
0: there but yes another question
1: did he say something mark Nintendo fans were talking I thought I heard like I thought like, I heard like a fly oh, forming around my ear All <laughs> right, I'm sorry uh
2: I think If I can go with one of my questions. I granted I had one kind of before, but to go to me, I just really want to know what's happening with Metroid Prime 4. Like, any sort of update. Like, Bayonetta 3 and Prime 4 were always sitting together on, like, development hell. Uh, But ever since Prime 4 kind of restarted, we have just heard nothing. Or at least Bayonetta 3, uh, someone had always just said, It's okay over here. It's making progress. Everything is looking good. But Prime 4 is just sitting there.
1: Retro just tweets about company grill-outs
2: mm-hmm they've just they're they're always hiring for so many positions as well so it's always just like i is this game really just struggling to slide out in a constant state of development hell i don't know i just want to see something about that game show up at some point i'm pretty ready for it metroid prime 3 i think is a game i think about a lot and i'm looking forward to a potential remake of it so i could play it again
0: i just i I find a lot of my questions that come to mind for this topic are exactly this type of thing where I wish I could be a fly on the wall for one of these controversial developments or controversial departure from a company because we, we just never get the answers on these. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, I find it kind of ironically funny That I don't have much memory of Nintendo. Maybe maybe you guys can tell me if this happens or not. But I don't have much memory of them just doing like the... Here's a logo, we're working on this game. And the one time that they've recently done it, it's been a total disaster. Because they did it.
2: Xenoblade X kind of had something like that. Where it was a small trailer... And they just show like an X at the end. They don't even give a title for it. There's like a character model. There's like a character model, I guess, from like a uh, just like a face. It's like in the dark, but just X. And we had that for I think like a year or two until they actually had a fully fledged gameplay reveal. Like we just didn't know what that game was going to be. And it wasn't like this. Granted, Prime Four just flat up restarted development. So like that's that's something that just doesn't happen or at the very least, doesn't happen and Nintendo chooses to be so forward about it, or any developer chooses to be so forward about it. But because it's been almost, no, as of like this month, it will have been five years since uh, we got a trailer for Metroid Prime 4. I don't, I don't remember exactly when they announced that it was restarting. It was January of, I want to say. Peter, do you remember 2019, 2020? I'm sorry? Do you remember when they announced the uh, the reboot for Prime 4 development? It was January Oh, that was 2017. No, the reboot of it.
1: Oh, the reboot was
2: 2019, yes. 2019, okay, that's what I thought. So yeah, it's been three years since they just started over. And surely some assets were carried over, like at the very least, like character models. So whether animations or mechanics choose to come over, I think uh, maybe they don't, maybe they do, I don't know. But like, if they have some sort of like character models for stuff like that stuff takes so long to make you should keep some of that i would imagine or they would want to unless it was really like someone was trying a really different approach on metroid to the point where they're just like we don't want it to look like this whatsoever because in that logo trailer we really didn't see anything so anything is possible and that's kind of where the mystery kind of stems from just this game could be anything nintendo really wants it to be right so i'm really curious what this right image is going to look like and only time can tell really um, I, I just, I just don't know. It feels
0: like that game is cursed and it might be the type of game where at like whatever the E3 equivalent of five years from now is everyone has given up hope and then all of a sudden it shows up kind of like, a, I mean, wasn't Metroid dread rumored like 15 years ago?
2: yes it was it was rumored uh and even kind of hinted at a little bit in one of the prime games uh and a little bit of an easter egg uh but there is never any sort of like whisper of it ever being announced as far as i'm aware and definitely not anything that was shown at some point it just showed up last year and released last year at this point honestly
1: i hope metroid prime 4 is like on the next hardware Whatever the next Nintendo console is, I hope it's like a launch title or within like the first year. Of just look, we want to do this game justice, but the Switch hardware—it's not allowing us to, you know, achieve our full vision. So we're porting this game to the next-gen hardware and doing, basically, making prime for the game that it's always meant to be.
0: I I was I was wondering if um again an unanswerable thing from all of this if part of the issue they were running into was kind of tech issues for their ambitions because i imagine they have a lot of ideas that they want to execute for the like new generation of metroid prime but there might be some legitimate tech issues when it comes to making a what's ultimately a first person shooter work well on the switch
2: I'd, I'd like to think if they could pull up something really well on the Wii like that's the last time we've seen prime that surely in 2022 they can they can well make they they can play. do anything
0: but uh if they're comparing themselves to some of the standards of today they
2: might they might genuinely think that they would be doomed that's possible it's I mean I don't think there's really i could i don't think I could point to a first person metroidvania that isn't Metroid Prime, honestly, there's probably something out there. It's been so long. Something has to exist that we don't know about here. But uh, I, a prime game has never really played like a traditional FPS game. It's not even trying to. Yeah. Uh, so like, it's it, it's always been unique that way. So like, maybe they really are going to try something new with it uh, because Prime 3 was like a close to a trilogy, so to speak. So the fact that they want to go back and do more of it uh, and this, they want to make sure they're doing it right. Who's to say maybe that is a possibility, that they really do need that?
0: Um, one of my things that I've always been incredibly curious about that is along the same lines, which is a game that obviously does not exist anymore, and I, I never expect it to secretly show up one day. But mm-hmm. I've always been fascinated by the rock star playstation exclusive game agent that they announced randomly at one e3 and it was just described as like some like espionage game and i was always curious of it because i was a huge like rockstar fanboy growing up but also it just kind of goes in the category of like what happened here? You guys typically hit on your things. You don't typically announce things without it being like set in stone and understood what's happening. So I just kind of want that story. Like I want the documentary crew to find the the pre-alpha footage of the game and like break down what, what was wrong with it. Or maybe it was a paperwork thing. Maybe something fell through behind the scenes with Sony. I don't know but I want answers. I want to see what that game looked like just because I find that type of thing fascinating. Does that one
2: do anything for you guys?
1: I mean, no, that's what I've heard about a lot. I I mean, I'd be curious to see how that happened.
2: I I would, the first thing I would think about is like at the time of that announcement, what other things were they working on? Uh, And maybe I would try to get an answer from there. Like if this game was announced while they're doing GTA five, I could totally see them just like putting all their resources into what they wanted. For no,
0: I think it was announced around like GTA four time.
2: Wow. Okay. Well, they had bully at the time, red dead stuff was happening. So like they were making a lot in that generation. So I could totally see like, oh, they have four or five projects cooking at the same time. One of them maybe doesn't make the cook or make the it to the finish line. Like that's the best I could come up with. Am I super curious about it? not necessarily and that's just more so that I'm not like dying to know what Rockstar is always doing but that was definitely a game that people thought was uh going to be big i think mostly just because it had the Rockstar name attached to it like if Rockstar announces something like people will notice it and people want to know more about it and i'm just not one of those people i suppose i feel like it's not their name doesn't do much for me uh but like like if they were to announce a new ip maybe i would be interested depending on the premise like red dead 2 i feel like is the one uh, that really makes me curious of what they're capable of from a writing standpoint and that's about it
0: uh peter do you have any more that you want to bring up
1: why did valves really stop making software that's, that's a, a great one, the, one i continually think about this and I have for many years I don't understand why they stopped. I understand with Steam, they make all the money in the world, so they never technically have to again. But I really feel like the lid came off when they just casually released Half-Life Alex, and it's one of the best games in years, and people consider it to be the pinnacle of VR gaming, and they just casually flex and remind everyone, yeah, no, we're still one of the best developers out there. We just choose not to. And I just don't get it. You have all the like creative leads behind like Portal and Left for Dead and Team Fortress. They've all left Valve and gone off to get hired by other studios or make their own teams because Valve has told them, "Yeah, we're not making games anymore. We don't have any desire or interest." And I just fucking why not? What is well, there to? Lo-
0: I don't. I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense how, like, even all of those leads leaving, they're still able to make a half-life alex like how I, does that work
2: i would say my take on that is just the, the reason why we have something like half like alex isn't just so much that oh we're deciding we're going to make a game because we want to but i think it's because this new technology was there and it really inspired a lot of the developers there to to wrap their heads around it and make something cool with it because it was uncharted territory like it, it motivated them to want to do it and if they did something again, maybe it would just be a cool iteration on that. Versus how like Half Life Alex is just significantly uh, a more polished experience and more technically advanced experience than other VR games. Like I don't, I don't know if we would get another leap like that if they did any other game. I think it's just because they saw the challenge there uh, and they wanted to take it. There was enough people there who just thought like, oh man, we're doing really cool things with this cool new VR stuff. We should totally do something with this. And they did because Valve was pretty in on VR early on. What was it? The Vive, I think, is their own headset. Uh, so they, they definitely had stuff going into that. And of course, they need software for that as well if they're making hardware. Like, So I think that, that kind of goes hand in hand. Their
0: hardware is the Index, right? Isn't Maybe the Index, you're right. Valve that yet. is what it is.
2: That is. Um,
0: I mean, I don't disagree with what you're saying. The thing that doesn't makes sense to me is that I highly doubt that all of these development studios that they've had have just been spending years and years and years just upholding Steam servers. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a pretty easy way to lose all of your talent. But clearly they haven't lost all of their talent because they can still make a really great
2: game. I mean, like they have enough people who are talented there to do that. Yeah, I like like it's I think the weird question for me is something I brought up before. is like, why did they buy Campo Santo if they're not making games? Like, why buy a game studio if you're just not going to have them make games? Like if you're not going to have anybody work on games, really? Like, that's weird to me. Like, why they stopped making games, of course, is because they're building an empire where there was no empire for PC gaming. And now we have the Epic Game Store, and everyone kind of wondered, oh, will this push them to make new games? And I don't know if the Epic Game Store is necessarily at that point yet. But obviously, no, it's not pushing them to push, uh, put software out, and they still maybe don't have to. I don't think the Epic Game Store is a true competitor because I think it's just something where people just hand in hand use both at worst like i don't think there's anybody who's like diehard oh i will only use epic game store instead of steam because truth told it's not a better platform it's only a better platform in the sense that i think uh they hand out free games every month and i i just know that some developers and not some all developers uh if you purchase a game on epic big game so they get more of the money versus what they do on steam but like I, that's not a driving factor for anyone to be buying games or most people at least on the epic store versus steam at all so i don't know like i it, it's a bummer that they won't make more games i totally understand that they don't have to even though they kind of have this talent like i imagine the people are just honestly it comes down to these people didn't have to leave because they're just making so much money and they definitely want to keep people who are uh good at what they do because they run they basically run peeps the the nature of pc gaming and they that is very important to them and doing it right and steam has done a lot of stuff over the year like if you were to look at like what steam looked like every five years it would be significantly different but i don't think a lot of people really talk about that too much there's so many different features that have added it has changed so much and how many different kind of games they just allow on the platform specifically uh i i really think if they did make a game that wasn't something so complex and different as uh, half-life alex it would just be fine i think i really think it's because uh, the tech was so different that's what people liked about half-life alex and of course none of us have played half-life alex so we we can't say from firsthand experience that it was that incredible, but from what I could gather, it was because, uh, it, you were just—it was just such a technically advanced VR game. I don't know anything about narratively or mechanically. Um,
0: I don't know. I like my last question with it comes down to—I mean, it all—it all comes down to Half-Life: Alex and the fact that they were able to just like come out of their their hut and produce this game that everyone thinks is amazing like how do you even continue being a good game developer if you don't develop games which leads me to believe like are they just developing all the time and not landing on any anything that they think is like worth releasing or something
1: there's no way there's no way. If they were actually trying to work, you wouldn't have had the creative brain drain over the last decade. Mm-hmm. They would stick around because it's Valve. It's like, well, if we can get a, if there's no way they couldn't get a Portal Three off the ground. If it was working, if they were working on Portal Three, Portal Three would have been made.
0: But they, I don't know. I, I think they treat their IP with almost like too much reverence.
1: All right, you're like, looking at Portal, Left 4 Dead, Team Fortress. Those are some of the biggest titles in PC gaming, right there.
2: Isn't Dota Half-Life? Dota, Dota, Dota
1: is Dota is Valve. Yeah, Counter Strike.
2: They do have some games that are still plugged in, like like even though I could not tell you what kind of updates like CS:GO is getting or anything or Dota 2, but they are actively seeing play, and even Team Fortress 2 actively seeing some level of play it's even though it's getting no updates whether it is a content update or just fixing the glaring issues that that game is happening or having right now like i, I had heard an update went live for tf2 this week after all the bot stuff this update did not address it whatsoever it was just a couple of bug fixes was wow. uh, yeah but i they they said they're working on it, so i imagine they're trying to get it right like the the
0: TF2 bot thing is one of my favorite stories since the Fallout 76 Class Wars that started. <laughs> I
1: forgot about those.
0: <laughs> um, I have one more to bring up, which I think is kind of an obvious one that maybe we've even talked about before, so we don't have to go too into it. But uh, there's just always going to be that question about what would the real final version of MGS Five
1: have been? Oh like... God, I think about this so goddamn much. Oh, it could have been so great. It could have been so. And the fact that they had Ground Zeroes as its own game because Konami was getting annoyed with Kojima and they came up to they came to and they said, "You give us a game right now." We've poured so much money into this. We've yet to see any returns. You are giving us a game right now. We don't care if it looks like bad PR on your end. And you see the leaked mission, and it's fucking Liquid, and Psycho Mantis and you're fighting on a fucking island, and the Liquid has a Metal Gear, and it's so goddamn cool, and they just cut it out. Why?
0: It, it really does hurt, and as the biggest MGS5 defender on this podcast, I can't deny that, like, getting the Kojima cut, I mean, we, we would really be dealing with one of probably the greatest and most important games ever if it was able to come through on actually being, like, the finale of Metal Gear Solid.
1: Why did you why was the big Sins of the Father moment, Skullface and Snake, awkwardly sitting in the back of a fucking Jeep big boss just staring at him? It's uh, like what the fuck are we doing? Why was it key for Sutherland? Why why was Skullface such a bad feeling? Why Why did you get Troy Baker to voice Revolver Ocelot and then just have him be a fucking walking tutorial and exposition
2: machine? Spoilers for Metal Gear Solid Five, everybody. Uh, oh, my- but like...
1: <laughs> fuck no! 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 We're not doing that, Owen! You bleep him! You bleep what he said! No, I'm not... I, I don't not- want to hear that! I'm not going to
0: bleep, but it's like, oh, it- <laughs> is it spoiling Metal Gear Solid Five to say like, Oh yeah, Skullface. Uh, you beat him in the end.
1: Oh, hey, spoiler! <laughs> Bill Clinton won the nineteen ninety two election. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, Mark? I
2: think. Um, <laughs> never mind. You know what? Let's keep moving.
1: Uh, it's
0: just maybe, maybe Huey Emmerich
1: is a cartoonishly evil man, and he makes war criminals look like kindergartners in that game.
0: I uh, I never even got to ex- <clears throat> got to experience all of the like secret cutscenes and stuff that happened. That's another bummer about that game, is that like all of the juicy stuff is like completely hidden from you.
1: There is a tape of Zero visiting Big Boss and basically pouring his heart out to him, and it makes Zero go from a whatever character to an incredibly sympathetic and heartfelt character you understand but don't agree with and it's in an audio tape what the fuck are we doing
2: okay so at this point we can totally say it. spoilers to Metal Gear solid five yes fine but but at the same time we want one war, war two spoilers you you could play that entire game and, and you would never, know never find that moment true it's true um I, I do think in the context of spoilers though saying something does not happen isn't
1: no is we're not listening to him we're not listening to mgs5 i was in florida when i played that game that was seven years ago we're not listening to you you're done your days of this are over where we could spoil mgs5 to our hearts content
0: i'm not even as hung up on it from a time perspective i just kind of think that it's like a not very spoilable game because nothing
2: fucking happens exactly exactly i just know we have an active listener Who has been avoiding me at least one spoilers? At least one.
1: Why is he avoiding them?
2: Because Kyle, why are you
1: avoiding them? Not the one who wrote in. Kyle, why are you avoiding them? It's been seven years. How's about you play Metal Gear at one of your random five uh, at three AM Friday night streams? Start streaming Metal Gear Solid Five. Get right on it. You'll be disappointed with it in no time, just like the rest of us.
0: All right. So we got a write in from a Kyle. We're calling out the other Kyle that we know. Thank you for listening to other this Kyle. Episode.
2: Always appreciate.
1: Actually, I want to do one final thing to end the episode. I want, I want to ask you a Nintendo trivia question, just one since you're such a big fan. I want to <sighs> Okay, end yeah, sure. Let's hear it. Can you except of for Donkey? He doesn't count. Can you name me four members of the Kong family?
0: There's Cranky Kong. Okay. Diddy Kong. Okay. Funky Kong. Okay. And. Oh, I can't think of the girl's name. There's Um, multiple girls, actually. I'm thinking of of the one who's like pink and has like blonde pigtails. Which
2: which one? (laughs) Nintendo. Oh, there's multiple. Okay, not pigtails. There's only one with pigtails, but.
1: Well, no, 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 there's two. No, wait, no. Oh, you're right. No. Yeah, no, there are two. There are two. Yeah, oh, there there are-
2: there's two. There's two with blonde. Louis, the one Owen one is one thinking
1: of, the- of has her, her. She gets. I'm pretty sure she is inspired by the other one's hairstyle.
2: Yes, but that other one isn't pink though. So that's the thing. Okay, but yeah, with the ponytails. There uh, is another okay. pink blonde-haired Kong.
0: I'm. I'm not going to get the other Kong, but I'm just gonna say King K rule just so that I get four. Characters.
2: No, it was Sixty <laughs>
1: Kong.
0: Dixie Kong. You could okay. have said
1: Dixie Kong, Tiny Kong, like you know, Lanky Kong, Donkey Kong Junior, Wrinkly Kong. Kong. Also, oh, and fun fact: Cranky Kong is the original Donkey Kong from the very first Super Mario Brothers game. Just gotten old. No, not from the Super now. Mario now Brothers that's the Donkey type
0: Kong of tr- fun fact that I like.
1: Yeah, see, yeah, well, yes, from the original arcade game Cranky. Is that original Donkey Kong? That's yeah, see, that's a little Nintendo fun fact for you, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to end on that. Just everyone, this is your guy, absolutely, you know.
2: Peter, I want to ask you a Nintendo trivia question.
1: Fucking hit me. I got also I forgot Lola Pop earlier from arms. I forgot did, did. and and uh, and Mecha uh, Spring Springman. I forgot
2: those two. You forgot Springtron, you forgot Misongo. you forgot Lola Pop, and you forgot Helix, and you also forgot I forgot
0: Helix. But I got a majority of them,
1: that's what I was questioned on, so I said There are
0: way play. more fighters in that game than I
2: ever was. Yeah, I got a lot of DLC and yeah. I got
1: a lot of DLC. I got like of a DLC. year and a half support. Like five but uh give me your last question and then we got to
2: go. Springman from Arms. Oh,
1: come on, Mark. I already answered an Arms question.
2: Yes, but this is very important to me, to my heart. Springman is not the first Springman in Arms lore, which Spring I don't know this. I don't know this. I don't know this. He is the third to hold the Springman title.
1: I got All right, I already this got episode's Yeah, over. we're done. We're done. What a bo- boo! What? Boo! Yeah, that is, that
0: deserves booze. Boo. I asked Owen
1: four kongs, and I already answered an arms question. You are booed. We're ending this podcast. What, what I'm sorry you had to listen to that, both Kyles.
2: Peter, tell me what <laughs> Mr. Mummy is fighting for. We're done, Owen. And, and this is recording. motivation. All right, I'm pausing.
0: BNY66. Goodbye. Sorry for the shorter episode.
1: Goodbye, I'm not friend. sorry.